This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Dude, for a 16-year-old boy, for all the ladies listening, because all men already know, oh, yeah. you'll do anything to jerk one out once you figure out you can do that. I get that, but at the same time, when you're fucking 16 years old and you find your dad's porn, what you want to do is get in and get the fuck out. You don't want to be in there reading a book, okay? Me and my father had a war of attrition between the two of us, where he kept trying to rehide the porn and I kept finding it. <laughs> Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. All right, so full disclosure, I didn't remember this story at all until I was talking to my dad recently. See, most of my life, I've been a rule follower. That kid that when they said to put your pencil down at the end of the test, I put my pencil down. If they said line up in the hallway alphabetically, there I was right between the R's and the T's facing forward, not getting yelled at for playing around with other kids, not getting yelled at for doing anything crazy. I was the kid following the rules, doing exactly what I was supposed to do. And most of my life, this is the way I live my life. We were raised in church. We were told, you know, turn the other cheek, uh, don't cuss, don't act crazy, you know, honor your father and your mother and do all this stuff. And for my world, this is what the law was. I had always been taught that this is the way it was. When I was growing up in church, they always taught from the New Testament and they would basically be like, you know, don't worry about all the raping and the killing and all that stuff that was going on in the Old Testament. Let's focus on the do good shit and good shit will happen stuff in the New Testament. And that was what we lived our lives by. Well, in school, people started to notice as we got older that I was continuing to be this good kid that didn't want to do anything crazy. And one of my friends pulls me to the side and he's like, man, I'm, I, I got to ask you something. And, you know, I, I, it's cool if you don't want to answer, but I really got to know. He's like, a lot of us are cussing now. We're, we're talking about movies we're seeing with titties in them and shit like that. And, you know, a couple of kids are drinking and smoking and you don't do any of that shit, man. Like, it's, it's honestly kind of weird, Shane. What's wrong with you? And I explained to him, man, you know, we're in church and I'm trying to be this example. I'm trying to be this thing that I'm I'm supposed to be. According to the church, I'm supposed to be this kid who's living this life and showing these things off. And that's what I'm trying to be. And he was like, man, that's kind of weird, but okay, that's cool. And people in church started to notice that I was still living this this same life that I had lived as a child. When you're a little kid, it's okay to be this rule follower. It's okay to, to be the kid who does exactly what, what you're told. But as you get older, people start trying to form their own identities and wanting to do their own things. And one of my friends from church was no different. My friend from church, Jason, was the pastor's son, and me and him had known each other our entire lives. From the time we were born, we were both just hanging out. My mom and dad were friends with his mom and dad. They were friends before they all got married. They were friends after they got married. His mom and dad were the pastor and the pastor's wife at the church. I mean, it was a thing. They were just there. And he was always a part of my life. And Jason had started to get into cussing and started to, you know, acting a little bit crazier. And he was the pastor's son. He was a preacher's kid. He was going to do crazy shit. But he noticed that I kept on being this straight-laced, goody-two-shoes kind of kid. And suddenly he develops a problem with me about it. Suddenly he decides that he doesn't like me being a goody-two-shoes anymore. He needs to teach me a lesson. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Shane, you need to stop walking around here acting like you're better than everybody else just because you want to follow some rules here and there. 
And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I'm not bothering anybody. I'm not doing anything crazy. He's like, yeah, but you're also not joining in and hanging out with us anymore. And Jason was prone to get angry from time to time. So I didn't really think anything about it. I thought he was just being a crazy fucking preacher's kid. But that night after church, I'm getting ready to leave. It's at the end of the ceremony or the end of the uh, service. And as usual, people at church have to spend 45 minutes to an hour talking about fucking nothing after church. And the kids are basically left to run amok around the church. So I'm running around hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And my friend James from church calls me to the front and he says, Hey man, come out here. Jason wants to show you something. Now I'd forgotten all about the fact that Jason was talking all the bullshit about teaching me a lesson and all that stuff. Cause me and Jason had fought before, but not really like fists or anything like that. He would just, you know, get upset and we'd yell and that'd be it. And James says, come out here and hang out. And James was one of my buddies. And I was like, cool, man, no problem. So I go outside and Jason walks around the corner. So I walk down into this little patch and Jason steps out and pushes me over. And he pushes me so hard that when I fall back, he jumps down on top of me and he starts wailing on me. And when when I say he's wailing on me, I mean like when Apollo Creed fought the Russian and the Russian just beat the brakes off of him in Rocky IV. That's how bad this shit was. I mean, he is just slamming my head. He's hitting my chest. He's hitting my arms. James, his henchman friend who had lured me outside, sneaks up and like gets a couple shots in and kicks me a couple times. And suddenly I hear my dad's voice going, whoa, 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 everybody stop. Everybody calm down. And he comes down, and as soon as he figures out that Jason is on top of me whooping my ass, he looks at me and goes, get in the car. And I go to get in the car, and the whole way home, all he wants to talk about is the fact that Jason just whooped my ass. Why was James there? I said, James was there because he he called me out to the front. Like, he came up and started, like, hitting on me, too. He says, so you let two boys beat you up tonight? I said, Dad, I didn't know I let anybody beat me up. They just lured me out to the front, and he jumped on top of me. And my dad looked at me and said, I'm going to tell you like this. Jason is smaller than you, he's slower than you, and he's weaker than you. If he whoops your ass again, I'm going to pull your pants down and bust your ass in front of everybody in that church with a belt. You understand me? Now, suddenly in my brain, all the rule-following bullshit is right out the window because Dad has just told me he is going to pull my pants down and bare-ass spank me with a belt in front of the entire church. My brain starts racing. I've got to find the courage to fucking end this bullshit and go ahead and take care of this. So I start fuming. I start getting angry in my head at Jason that he is allowing my dad to get this mad at me, and I didn't even do anything wrong. This is all Jason's fault. Now, this is the days before Facebook and Twitter and all that shit. So I had from Sunday to Wednesday to fume and to start working on a plan to be able to get this motherfucker back. So on Wednesday night, I show up for church and Jason starts running his mouth again. Oh, your dad ain't going to be here to save you this time, man. Let's go back behind the church this time. His, uh, his family lived in a trailer right behind the church. And right off their porch, you couldn't see a damn thing if the porch light was off. He said, let's go back there. Ain't nobody going to find us there this time. So I said, cool, man, no problem. I just let it go on. He kept on talking his shit, and I just said, cool, no problem. And that night, he walked down to the church, to uh, behind the church at the trailer, and James, his henchman, was with him again. And as I rounded the corner, he had gone, gone ahead of me, and as I rounded the corner, he tried to jump out and push me again. But this time, I was ready. I put my foot back, and as he pushed me, I pushed him back, and I caught him off balance. And as I did, he went down. And I jumped on top of him and I started wailing on him. And suddenly, I was Drago. He was Apollo Creed. And I was beating the fucking brakes off of him. And I am coming down on him and I am wailing on him. 
that kid James comes in and grabs my arm and he's trying to pull me off of him and he's like, you know, stop trying to hurt Jason and all that stuff. And I push him to the point where I knock his ass down and suddenly he doesn't exist. All that exists is Jason and the threat of that ass whooping off in my brain that my dad is going to give me in front of the entire church if I don't fucking fix this. So I continue to whoop Jason's ass until suddenly I hear my mom's voice from behind me going, Shane, Shane, stop, stop it. And that's all she had to say. And I snapped out of it. And I got up and I walked to my car, to our car, because she had told me, go sit in the car. And I sat there. And I wondered why she wasn't yelling at me. Now, it took 15 minutes for my mom and dad to come back to the car. And as soon as my dad got in the car, he was stoked as hell. He was so stoked because I had done exactly what he had told me to. And I had whooped Jason's ass, just like he told me I should. And my mom just never got mad at me. And it always gnawed at me. Like, why my mom never got angry at me? And when my dad was telling me this story recently, he said, I saw your mom walking out to the yard of the church. And somebody had told her, James, the little henchman, had run inside when I pushed him down and told my mom, you know, he's going to kill Jason. And my mom went outside to go get me. And my dad runs across and says, Darlene, don't get mad at him now. I told him to go whoop that kid's ass. You know, you know I told him to. And my mom says, I'm not mad at him. I'm just going to go out here and make sure he doesn't kill Jason. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Now That I'm Older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show everywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. And you can find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder, you can support the show. we got a lot of great stuff we'll give to you if you help us out. So check us out at patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And you can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. It's a family of podcasters who come together to cross-promote each other spread the word about badass podcasts and basically create a family out of absolutely nothing if you go to twitter and check out the hashtag potter and family you're going to find now that i'm older as well as the pet theories podcast the let out podcast and the casual jerks gaming podcast and this week on episode 123 porn is the spice of life kenny and i talk about well porn we talk about the ways that you used to have to get porn the fact that it's ridiculously available today and we just basically shoot the shit so check it out we'll be right back Hey, buddy, I'm not paying you to hear your thoughts on life. I'm paying you to sing. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! We didn't have Pornhub. We had to look at the TV with the squiggly lines to hope we saw a titty. <laughs> Those were the dark days. As <laughs> <laughs> somebody who's... Uh... Who <laughs> really enjoys free internet porn? Those were dark, dark times. Well, you also, when, when you first came out with internet porn, you had to download it. You had to have these secret files you hit on your computer. <laughs> Absolutely. And God forbid anybody find them because for fucking three years you're going to hear about whatever you're into. This <laughs> and that's the grossest part of the whole thing. Um, the the best part of porn is, uh, or of like the way porn used to be, is like just sitting there and like hoping. Like having it on with like this now, squiggly. Now you, can, now you can get all snotty about it. You're like, God damn it. I've been watching videos all day and I don't see one good one I'm really ready to yank to. And you're like, <laughs> and then I sit there the other day going, God, I'm ungrateful now. 
If I'd had this much porn to deal with when I was like 22, I would have fucking yacked my dick off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now I'm too good to watch certain porns. There was a time uh, with when I used to live at this brick house. It was the last house we all lived in together with my dad before he went to jail. And me and my little brother found this box of like hardcore porn. Like somebody, some some guy's uncle or some shit like that had put a box of porn out in the yard for some fucking reason. So of course we find it. And we're like, holy! I shit. love that you guys haven't figured out that this is your dad's porn. <laughs> no, no, it was the next door neighbor's porn. It was in their yard. Oh, it wasn't in your yard? No, it wasn't in our yard. <laughs> Let's say if you pull, oh, where that porn came from, darling. <laughs> so we go over there to fucking look at the porn. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously. <laughs> Man, I, my dad used to have Playboys, and I thought that was hardcore. But, like, a box of porn when you're, like, fucking 12 is like, oh, you're immediately like, holy shit, dude. This is a year and a half of reading material. <laughs> Me and my father had a war of attrition between the two of us, where he kept trying to rehide the porn, and I kept finding <laughs> it. <laughs> but he was good enough to know that I'd found it, so he was like, it ended up with me breaking into a briefcase at one point to get to the porn. Because <laughs> once you get exposed to porn, you can't not know it's there. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Um, the One of the best things that I used to have when I was a kid is there was a um, I want to, I'm saying when I was a kid, I was like 13. There was a store right down the road from my house. If you took a left, yeah, kids, you used to have to go to stores to buy videotapes. Oh no, before. not just not just that. I would go to the store. It was like this dirty ass gas station right off the main road. Oh, with, and with they the had, mags that are covered in the black plastic. But you could grab the magazines off. They had the ones that weren't in plastic behind them. Yep. And then you could go to the bathroom, and I'd go to the bathroom uh, and be like, oh, dude. No, I didn't jerk off in there or any shit like that. I'd just look at the porn and be like, motherfucker. sure you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we just talk about earlier there's no point to look at it more unless you're going to finish? No, I would go home and jerk off, of course. <laughs> sure you would. <laughs> no, dude. I seriously would not jerk. The bath, the gas station whacker. <laughs> That's, your new- <laughs> That's your new wrestling character on my game. <laughs> gas station whacker. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! So today we learned to change to get killed dirty. I couldn't even finish the statement. Uh, I did not. So, darling, if you used to volunteer to go to the gas station, now you know why. Yeah, just another reason why I'm her favorite. <laughs> You just talked about the amount of porn you watch. You really not a dirty gas station. All boys are born. Not always go to a dirty gas station public bathroom to yank to it. We did have a bathroom, though, when I was in jail. (laughs) If we went out and worked detail. This is another reason you wanted to be in the mechanics pool. They had a special bathroom for us guys. Because they knew we were going through some shit. <laughs> there's no porn. There's no nothing in jail. So they would bring it in, like mags. Okay. And there was like a plethora of selection. <laughs> and they never used that bathroom. That was specifically for the inmates. <laughs> we all knew what was happening in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just we had no privacy in jail. Okay, buddy? It was our only time. These guys were good to us. Okay? <laughs> they brought us cigarettes and porn. <laughs> now... 
Is, did everybody get enough porn time? <laughs> we, had, we had eight hours. Our whole job was like sweeping the fucking garage one time. So, yeah, we had time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can get one more out before we go. Um, these guys were like, we can't really bitch at them if they don't sweep good. <laughs> they're fucking, they're basically slaves. I mean, that's wrong. <laughs> the city of Smyrna had no shame about having slaves. Um, <laughs> that just sounds bad. It is bad. <laughs> we're supposed to be a free country, but if God forbid you break the law, we're gonna turn you into a dentured servant. Um, going back to porn, just really quickly, you said you used to get into your dad's porn all the oh, time. Oh, dude, we it was, were. It was, it was literally a war of attrition. Like, you would move up to one level of security, and I'd break that level, and the security would increase to the next level. Why did you not put it back to where you wouldn't find it though? Like, we wouldn't find out. Dude, you set traps. Like, he used to keep it in the closet. My dad would do this thing where he would close the door, but he'd put a piece of paper up on the uh. top of the door. <laughs> yeah, my dad was all fucking mean, you should remember. So he's, like, trying to thwart me. Just probably He just wasn't gonna, mean. He was smart. He was, he was trying, trying to, to break me. You. <laughs> he was trying to break me, and I'm not breakable. So How did, how did the conversation go when he caught you stealing this There point? was never a conversation. I'm telling you. It was a war of attrition where just, the security <laughs> level just kept going up. So you, he would basically, like, you would he bought a, He bought, this is how I learned how to pick locks <laughs> he bought a a tv stand like one of the big ones you used to put in your bedroom right they had locking drawers at the bottom i learned how to pick locks because of that <laughs> this is how important jerking off was to you <laughs> dude for a 16 year old boy for all the ladies listening because all men already know oh yeah you'll do anything to jerk one out once you figure out you can do that as soon as you realize what that thing is for, it's just not for peeing. Like, there's something else involved. Look at that magical oh. day where you scratch it just one time too many. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the first time you realize, you're like, whoa. Whoa, this is real. <laughs> I remember being like in the fifth grade, kids talking about when it first like comes up. <laughs> you're not quite sure what they're describing because they don't know either. They're full of shit. And you're like, what do they do? Just like, move it up and down? Not in and out. But up and down. So you're just walking around swinging your dick around. Like, something's going to happen. Like, something wrong with me? This isn't working for me. No, oh, dude, you're swinging around like it's a fucking. <laughs> it's not a fire hose. One of those things the Iron Sheik used to bring out. The exercise. The things. ropes? No, not the ropes. The big clothes things that you're supposed to oh, exercise yeah, yeah. with. <laughs> like, you're just swinging it around. You're, you're not simulating anything. <laughs> it's not a sword. It's not a lightsaber. Goddamn. <laughs> My dad was into story porn. That was the worst part. <laughs> I don't like story porn when I was a teenager. No, it was it was fine, but the problem was, like, there was really no pictures. It was just a lot of fucking words, and I'm like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's fine. Novels are the same way. No, I'm, I wasn't trying to read a fucking novel. Well, and sometimes you want more in-depth things, like how people feel about it. And just saying it being I get that, but at the same time, when you're fucking 16 years old and you find your dad's porn, what you want to do is get in and get the fuck out. You don't want to be in there reading a book, okay? You used to be able to buy shit at Starship. It was just little storybooks. See, I never bought any shit like that. Like I, I still we were dollar fifty. I mean, why not? I still remember going to the fucking store and getting porn, like actually buying a video, and then getting home and being like, "God damn it, really? These this bitches sucks. don't look anything like the bitches on the cover. God damn, these bitches look like they're in their fifties. <laughs> Who is this chick? This chick was nowhere on the cover. Look at that chick. She has a C-section scar. What is this? Are those her teeth? <laughs> exactly. I think those are dentures. All 
All right, so absolutely nothing was worse than going to the video store, buying a video, getting it home, and realizing this is not the droid you're looking for. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to wrap up our conversation about porn, and then later on, we're going to have a stop in from the boss. So check it out. We'll be right back. We'll be back after this break. Don't touch that dial for goodness sake. Rising from the depths of a state called Michigan, two inebriated dorks prepare their plan for intergalactic domination. Mixing their extensive knowledge of geek culture with their insatiable thirst for alcohol, these two man-children bring you a show like you've never heard before. They will tell you tales from faraway lands and have you questioning their taste in beer. But make no mistake, friend, for the best coverage of your favorite comics, films, and TV shows, there's no better source for you to get your fix. So listen up, strap in, and prepare yourself as Jake and Tom conquer the world. Now That I'm Older has kicked off our very own Patreon over at patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And I was able to get a couple of thoughts from Kenny about our brand new Patreon. The fuck is a Patreon? As you can tell, he's very excited and so am I. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. It's going to allow you to pick from different goals that we've set up, things that we want to do to accomplish a better podcast for you guys, to bring you guys a better podcast every single week and to get you guys a better now that I'm older. We've got some things that we're going to need to do and we're going to need your help with them. But if you give us help, we're going to give you something right back. Things like shout outs from Kenny, stickers, t-shirts, exclusive content, all sorts of stuff. So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older and I'm, we're going to close out now with a few more words from Kenny about what he thinks about Patreon. I thought you were talking about a role-playing character. You thought Patreon was a role-playing character. It sounds like one of the bad guys they would throw at us. There's your commercial. Thanks. I know what's going on. We got a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. And that's it. Plain and simple. And I don't want to hear anything about I don't believe in vampires. Because I don't fucking believe in vampires, but I believe in my own two eyes, and what I saw is fucking vampires. They're a movie podcast where very serious people talk about very serious things, analyzing them like true professional critics in a very serious way. There are also podcasts where drunk or high youngins talk excitedly over each other about the latest pop culture stuff, dropping references and opinions like they were drugged up skunks. But what if you want both? What about if you want a movie review podcast and website that has a sense of humor, mad songs and weird guests, but also reviews movies with a passion and reference not seen since Mrs. Penelope Thigh's public access movie Rama show just out of Duluth in 1987? Well, now you can. At no extra cost and with no unnecessary bowel misplacement, it's the After Movie Diner podcast. Available on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher and AfterMovieDiner.com. As sponsored by Titty Headlines, Movie Sanctuary and Facial Massage, please take exit 37 off I-98 and ask for Terrence. Yeah, um, shouldn't we, like, learn by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or...? That's what this sack of wrenches is for. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh! Oh! 
I mean, there was no worse feeling than getting a bad porn. When you like get excited about it, like you go home to watch it, you put it in, and it's like, oh god damn it! What's bad is you'd watch that same porn no matter how good it was for about six months before you drove your ass because you couldn't buy good porn in Cobb County. We lived in a goddamn fucking Christian conclave. Yeah, we had to drive to Atlanta to buy good porn. Yeah, to to get the and uh, the stores were so like gross. Oh, everything about it. Everything about being there, you're like, I just need to get in, and get the <laughs> fuck out. And they ran it like a video game store of today, where it's just the cases that you have to go give somebody the case, exactly. what you want to watch, and and deal with their judgment. I'm like, don't judge me. You work at fucking literally hell. <laughs> hey, just go get. Back. I saw Satan dragging a few souls in just a few minutes ago. I know. Just go get my fucking copy of Backdoor Sluts and shut the fuck up. Okay. And since all the porn in the country had to come to, or the state had to go to Atlanta, they had shit way harder than you were ready for. And you're like. <laughs> As a young person who's just turned 19 and finally allowed to go in there, you're like, what does that mean? You could rent this booth for a minute, for, uh, on a minute rate. And then he hits you and you're like, eh! I can go to that booth for a minute. And so do other dudes. Oh, oh no, no. Um, I still like, remember. I want to know what guys go in and just rent the porn for. I still remember going to... It was too cheap just to buy it so they could beat off... Well, a dirty gas station boy over there. <laughs> I didn't beat off at the gas station, okay? Uh-huh. I went to the gas station and, and just saw looked at it and just used it like to store up in a memory bank, right? That's yeah. exactly what I did. Uh-huh, I mean, not- I couldn't be there that long. I was, I was fucking on the clock. I had to get to the store, get a Coke, and get back. That was usually the ruse that I used to be able to go. I was so go- then you went back where? <laughs> I went back home. While you were on the clock. <laughs> I'm That's, thinking now that you went, then while you were working at McDonald's, I'm getting back to McDonald's. No, dude. I was on the clock because I told my parents, I was like, listen, I'm going to go to the store, grab some candy, grab some Cokes, and I'll be back in a minute. Because I didn't beat off when I was a teenager and had a job, but I sure would go take long shits and burn as much clock time. Oh, dude. Being, working at like McDonald's and fucking checkers and shit like that. I worked at Publix and it sucked. Dude, you learn to enjoy every second of a bathroom break. Like it, it was, it was the best feeling in the world to come out and be like, "Where you go?" Oh, my stomach wasn't feeling good. Oh, Dude, and nobody questions you. Worse than being a fat teenage kid in the South that has to be a buggy cart guy at Publix during the summer. <laughs> I mean, my thighs did serious damage to each other during those days. I got a every day was like weird corduroy. Swish swash, swish swash, swish swash. <laughs> it's like I quit that job and didn't even feel bad when I quit. I was like I had like not gone to work for three days. I'd been calling in. And they were like, Are you really sick or are you just yeah, that second one. I just don't I'm not coming. Back. I'm never coming back there. <laughs> fuck you and your fuck and my sweaty thighs. Okay, <laughs> so you go fuck yourself. I had the same thing. I, I have at- fucking diaper rash and I'm fucking 16 years old. Fuck you guys. When I was, uh, you I can never say- work in Publix again. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Was my career ambition to fucking work in your grocery store the rest of my life. You fuckhead. When I was 16, I worked at a uh, Kmart. I and I can't be a tyrant over teenagers one day. Damn. <laughs> I was that teenager who was like, ruined all their fun. <laughs> Dude, I worked at Kmart during Christmas season. <laughs> I when- worked with you. <laughs> you worked with me at Kmart? I was a cashier. I had to be a cashier because they said we couldn't be friends and both work in stock. I forgot you worked there. You, you got did, me the actually. job, you asshole. You did actually work there because this is right after you worked with my mom. 
Yeah. I forgot about that shit. God damn. You, God damn. We were like fucking I stole 16. so much shit from that wall at Kmart. Every time I was a cashier at Kmart, dude, like I, would, I wouldn't. I would God damn it. I can't even admit that. Dude. <laughs> Every time somebody returns or decided at the counter they didn't want something, that's mine. Yeah, exactly. Like Because security used to suck back then. Like when I was at Chuck's. You can't admit shit. Kmart's. <laughs> They're not going to come after us. They're out of business and shit. Um, when uh, I worked at Checkers, like I wouldn't hand people back their change. I, I don't even think I understood who my boss was. We worked at Kmart. I was like, this is like the Wild West working here. Well, when I worked at Kmart, I uh, it, it, I worked during Christmas season, and I had to go through the whole, like, being there at 5 a.m. Because people, they opened the doors, and, like, it flooded yeah, people in on Black Cashiers Friday. Cashiers didn't have to deal with that, but we had to deal with an endless line. Oh, dude, I was there having to fucking fight people off for uh, holiday Barbies back when that was a thing. Oh, man, and it was, it was like, elbow, like, hell on fucking earth. Like, you're in a mosh pit with fucking... 20, 30 year old women. And it made no sense because as a cashier, they were mad worried about your till, right? Yeah. But God, <laughs> you got fucking armfuls of merchandise. No, this is all mine. <laughs> These new headphones, they're just mine. They're, no, I, Dude, they're still in the package. Yeah, I haven't opened them yet. <laughs> I bought them earlier. Where's your receipt? Left it at home. I didn't buy them here. <laughs> <laughs> Same one. I brought these from home in the box. <laughs> <laughs> I was planning on opening them on our break. I used to work in the uh, garden center, and it would be so fucking boring on a spring morning. I'd get there, like I was out of school, so I'd get there and fucking just chill. And it would get so boring, I'd go to the toy section and grab a ball, and then I would set up one of the flower pots and start shooting hoops in the garden section until customers came out. And I'll never forget quitting the job, or not really quitting, more like getting fired. Uh, because I was walking around one well, day. Well, A, they paid us $8 an hour. Yeah, so. it was the shittiest job. But I remember the day that um, that everything went south. I was walking around the um, the toy section doing something, like fucking with something. And my boss caught up with me. He was like, I thought I told you to go get those carts out of the uh, parking lot. And I was like, yeah, I'll get them in a minute. He's like, Shane, I can't have you over here fucking around in the toy section anytime you want to be. You got you to gotta actually pull your weight around here. This is a team. And I'm like... Okay. There's nothing going on. <laughs> I was like, I don't see like a line. Nobody's clamoring for my help. He's like, well, that one customer needed help over in the uh, in the garden section, and you weren't there. <laughs> okay. God, I'll go like, now. We, we have loudspeakers. <laughs> I'll go now. They, yeah, well, they, they had to go get a manager. Okay. I mean, it's, it's very sad. Well, I feel bad like about that. like you guys do shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. It was like the end of an era for me at, uh, at Kmart, and I couldn't have been happier because – Nothing is, is more of a hell on earth than retail during Christmas season. I personally believe that, like, you know, yes, there's there's other things that are worse. <laughs> I remember how I quit. I was hired right before Christmas. And then, of course, all retail hires more people. Right. And then after Christmas, some people got to go. So they're basically, we're in the break room. Remember how shitty that break room was? It was the most boring room, which is by design. Because, like, I'm bored on break. I'm going to go back to work. <laughs> Fuck. This shit's like a fucking. Go play with the toys. This is what purgatory is like. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're in this little meeting, and they're explaining that they're going to have to make staff cuts. And I raise my hand. <laughs> And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I thought you were asking for volunteers. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> so I basically volunteered to get laid off because the game art sucks so bad. Yeah. I, it was the worst fucking job. And there was like, nothing left to steal. <laughs> like I was stocked up on Kmart stuff. <laughs> I remember having to chase a, a perp through the uh, parking lot who had stolen some shit under his jacket. The thing Why went off. Why did you give a shit? 
Well, I didn't, but my manager ran by me, and it was like, well, I'm not going to get left out of a chase. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> More fun than playing with a ball. I mean, I mean Jesus, I'd, only, I'd shot, shot hoops for like the past Dude, that's three a, weeks. That's a goodwill now. A good what? That that location is a goodwill. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I, I I spent a lot of my time right there at that intersection, at the Kroger and all that shit. Like, I, it, it's so weird to me. Kroger's to now around. on the other side of the street. Where yeah. the Win Dixie used to be. Yeah, it's all fucking weird to me to, to drive around the streets that we used to drive around as kids. And there be used like, to be a bar in that in that shop and center. My mom worked at part time sometimes for extra money. I can't remember what it's called. Flashers? No, it was like Cheers almost, but that's still like the what they were going for was trying to make it like Cheers. Oh, okay. But it was like right next to the Win Dixie. Yeah, it was like a bar and grill type thing. So that's where I learned how to rip people off with this trick my dad taught. <laughs> I got a good story for you. We had a hustle. We had several. We had three different hustles. Like, first of all, he taught me to bet people. And this is always going to work better if it's a kid doing it, right? Of course. And, like, I didn't mind because I made video game money because they had, like, a good fucking video game section in there. And I could play video games after I hustled these adults that were drunk. Like the tabletop Miss Pac-Man so and shit? The first one he taught me was to tie a uh, cherry str- a, ter- a, a cherry uh, stem. stem tie it and hide it under my tongue and then challenge drunk people that I could tie a cherry stem with my tongue. God damn it. That was the basic way. And I mean, I made mad money with that one. People thought I was amazing as a kid. It's all hustle. The other one was, wait a minute. Did you have to put an untied cherry stem in your mouth though? Yeah. So what did you do with that one? Did you swallow it? You switched it. You put that one under the tongue and popped out the other one and pulled out the one that was tied in a knot. Okay. Did you ever fuck up? And here's the thing. You can't tie the knot all fucking tight. You have to tie it like your tongue would tie it. So it's kind of like a loose knot. It's, right. It has to yeah. look like a tongue tied as opposed I mean, to a little know, kid's Sometimes fingers. you'd swallow it if you had to. Shit happens to happen sometimes. I'm totally using that as the intro clip. So the second hustle we learned <laughs> sometimes was a two-man hustle. <laughs> the second hustle is a two-man hustle, right? Okay. And you would have them lay out quarters and five quarters, one in a four in a square and one in the center, right? Okay. So me as the kid with all these amazing abilities would be able to turn around, look the other direction. You could touch a quarter. I could turn back around and figure out, like hold my hand over them and figure out which one you touched. Okay. Well, the secret was my dad was there <laughs> and he had a cocktail napkin. And he would always conveniently take a drink of his drink while they were picking their quarter. And where he put his cocktail, his drink down on the napkin was which quarter I was supposed to pick. That one we ran for a long time. So you were a confidence man before it was cool to be a con man. (laughs) With my dad. (laughs) Your dad was killing kittens. My dad was teaching me how to take advantage of stupid people. (laughs) And now I work in marketing. So... That's not marketing. That's fucking con man shit. Dude. That's, that's so all is, that is. That's marketing. <laughs> God damn, dude. I don't have any story. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, my dad stabbed our dog. I mean, I don't really have any cool con <laughs> And I, I was amazed as a child. I was like, how long can we run this shit? These are the same fucking drunk idiots we did it on yesterday. And they never got, they never got hit to the fact that my dad's all. <laughs> my dad never hung out in bars. That was the thing. Is like, he well, my mom was working house. there, so we yeah. hung out with mom, and it wasn't like a a, ro- a rowdy bar. It was definitely a neighborhood, like a like sports bar sort of shit. Yeah, it was like that. But before, it wasn't really about sports. But it was like, how old were you? Or, how old were you when your parents had you in the bar? I was like eight. 
Nine. You were nine years old hanging out in the bar. <laughs> Look at you with a baby in a bar. <laughs> oh, no, I was a baby. I was a little hustler. <laughs> yeah, but your dad had you running cons at eight years old <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> There's some dude out there right now who's risen up the ranks in the mafia in Atlanta from that time period and got hustled in that bar, and he just added you to a list. If he was in the mafia, I would already know him. You probably won't, dude. This guy, he was in a different mafia. He's in a different mafia that you didn't know when you were running around the Bulgarians. Um, well, they love the quarter trick, by the way. <laughs> they, I got them with it for a while. Then I got them working it with me. So we used it to pick up broads. Uh, I just, I, yeah. Um, they still think I can t- tie a cherry with my tongue. <laughs> I've always seen people do that, and I'm just like, cool. <laughs> so I, you stuck a Todd Cherry stem in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was looking now at. I'm like, wow, that's that wasn't impressive at all. Cool. <laughs> I see. Next time we handle your brother, we should tell you the quarter thing. <laughs> this is what your hands look like when they lie. That's what I feel you sh- like. You should be the guy with the drink because you won't be able to sell it right. Oh, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the psychic quarter picker. <laughs> you just make sure you don't pay attention and you don't fuck it up. I'll probably Gotta be put at something the, else. You probably will. You, you need Nikki to help me do this. <laughs> this is a much better Nikki job, actually. Do you really think I'm not going to sabotage you a couple times when we do this? That's another reason. I don't, definitely a Nikki job. She'll get. She'll enjoy the con. You'll just fucking thwart me, <laughs> and I'll be all like, "No, it's not this one. It's this one." <laughs> How'd you know? Because Shane said it was that one, and I know he's a liar. <laughs> Damn it. His drink looks like when he buys. <laughs> Damn um, it, <laughs> I think what I would do, though, is I'd probably string you, though. I'd have you do it right like five times, and then I'd turn NWO on you and just do it wrong. <laughs> I'd get it right that time, too. I'd be like, ah, it's the 6 1. He went MWO. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Hollywood Hogan ass. <laughs> I mean, somebody has to drop a leg drop on you. That's all there is to I'm it. I'm not getting leg drop. I think you're probably getting the, uh, the, the big leg drop. Drop your leg on a shank. Uh, <laughs> anybody ever tries to drop a leg on me? They're catching something. <laughs> in their ha- hamstring. Um, it's going to hurt them a lot worse than it's going to hurt me. You may end up getting a bionic elbow. I'm just saying. Yeah. Look at you not turning your volume off. Unprofessional. I did, I did turn my volume <laughs> off. Unprofessional. But the phone has an alarm that still plays even in silent. Unprofessional. Your face is unprofessional. My phone's not going off because it's not in here. If you don't get off my porch in two seconds, you're going to know exactly how that feels. Woohoo! like the freaky stuff, huh? That's cool. Well, I can be naughty, too. Real freaky naughty. Fuck you, bitch. Now, if any of you sons of bitches got anything else to say, now's the fucking time! Welcome to another installment of This Week with DeBoss, where one of my real-life Facebook friends who calls herself DeBoss allows me to read her Facebook statuses aloud for you guys so you can get a glimpse of what the thug life really means. Now, let's check in with DeBoss. MFs kill me. You never concerned about shit when you should be concerned about shit, but always concerning yourself with shit when you don't even need to be. Fall the fuck back and get you alive. Hashtag cash me outside. Hashtag how about that? You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear. You're an, you're an action figure. You are a child's plaything. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. 
That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIO Pod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. This is not over, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming to Now That I'm Older. this shitty could you even try to say these were innocent people and keep a straight face but that's the point we see a deadly sin on every street corner in every home and we tolerate it we tolerate it because it's common it's it's trivial we tolerate it morning noon and night Well, not anymore. I'm setting the example.